You are listening to the Vita Foods Insights Podcast. Join us as we explore the key issues and emerging trends affecting the global health and nutrition industry, helping businesses make informed decisions and drive change. Hello and welcome to the Vita Foods Insights Podcast. I'm Charlotte Bastiance and I'm joined today by Blas Goryup, who is the founder and chairman at Pharmalinia. Blas, we've had you on the podcast a few times to talk about um, really pertinent supply chain challenges. It's such a pleasure to welcome you back today. Uh, pleasure to be back. We're talking today about connectivity across the various areas and different stages of the supply chain. And this is such an important topic because the typical finished product goes through several stages from when it's a raw ingredient all the way through manufacturing and final distribution. And um, not only businesses, but I think customers really want to have the, the confidence in that they can track the product right back to its source. And Blas, your company um, is expert in private label. What to you are the key areas of the supply chain for your brand to consider? Transparency is one of the key trends. Uh, and the, the supply chain of uh, the industry that we're, we're active in is, is oftentimes uh, presents itself with a lot of challenges. Uh, from where the industry started to where it is today, that we've seen uh, uh, immense improvement. Also, from going back to, to the supply side show just last week, we see that the, the trend is definitely going in that direction. The question where, where we're facing a lot of obstacles is still in the transference of this information from raw material manufacturers to, to, the, to the consumer. And uh, there's a, a lot of steps in between from the supply chain uh, manufacturing, talking to, to contract manufacturers, to product formulators, where does this information get lost? What is real, what is not real, uh, it's, uh, today we're not talking so much about the lack of information, but we're talking a, a lot more about uh, just the noise of information, too much information out there, and you know, just the clarity here becomes a real obstacle for everybody in the chain. Um, so when you look at a typical product, I mean, there are um, a couple of sections to consider. I think there's, you know, the ingredient manufacturing, distributing, finished product manufacturers, and so your product is probably going to change hands about five times. Um, so looking at some of these areas, I think traditional business models, they tend to focus a lot on the final product and not so much the goods and the services behind them. So to you, when there isn't an interest in this understanding of the entire supply chain, what kind of problems do you think a company will start to run into um, what kind of information do you think is lost? And, you know, what about a product do you really consider important for businesses to understand? Well, the first phase, uh, which which is often overlooked, is that uh, do you, how do you recognize a, a valid uh, supplier from uh, somebody who's just putting on a nice uh, picture in front? So this is the number one. And in the times where, you know, there's a lot of focus on the, on the cost, a lot of looking into, you know, what can somebody improve on the cost side? And this is in the direct uh, confrontation with, with uh, getting more information because any additional information you look into, any, let's say, audit of a supplier you do is just an additional cost. It just takes more time, more money. And so sometimes this is just an obstacle that, you know, the, the man, top-down management just, you know, uh, focuses oftentimes too much on this part. And when we see the brands actually 
uh, how how the brand owners, uh, let's say the top brands, even in the U.S. when you look at them and and uh, they do discuss more and more, which is a positive trend with the raw material yeah. manufacturers. Uh, but yeah, there are still uh, there's still a lot of noise and still a lot of miscommunication because just oftentimes there's not enough time or just not enough effort put into it. So let's talk a little bit more about transparency. You mentioned that that was a key concern, and I think um, some players in the industry are really stepping up to make um, every block of their supply chain traceable. And I think technology is really playing an important role here. You know, we're hearing a lot about blockchain and similar. Um, but what about um, B2B clients and the end consumer? You know, we know that they want that information to be available to them, whether or not they decide to use it. But what are your thoughts about supply chain transparency? You know, what are the big challenges there? Um, do you think the industry is moving towards um, full supply chain transparency? Um, and how, ex and specifically, how are pharma companies, you know, they're coming into the nutraceutical space more and more. How are they changing things for us? Yeah, I mean, just uh, the pharma companies that are coming into it, uh, they, they come from a different universe. They come with expectations which oftentimes don't fit the, the industry criteria, the typical ones. They come in with, uh, with their brand leverage, so uh, their quality departments come from a different universe again. Yeah. And uh, so their demands, you will oftentimes see that, that the supply chain just, just won't fit them. So just uh, there's a learning curve on both sides. Uh, the supply chain, but we are seeing the, at least on the supply chain of the raw materials, we see the key companies in the industry being aware of that. One, one let's say, good side of all the M&A activities that we've seen just lately with the big companies being uh, bought by even bigger companies, that uh, there are more more rules coming in, more more transparency coming in, and this will fit the big pharma guys coming into the industry because they will know that they have uh, legit Partners on the on the on the other side of of the chain. Uh, mm -hmm. So just uh, through the quality, when we know where the industry initially came from, this discussion is an ongoing one. And it's a very challenging one because just the expectations of both sides are are oftentimes completely completely off. Uh, and this is where basically the the, the manufacturing in. And if it's just cost driven, this this will never work. If we're yeah. looking into somebody actually valuing the service that you can provide as a finished good manufacturer, then it's a different story altogether. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think especially with the consumer, you know, trans, um, transparent supply chains and companies with big demands like pharma companies you mentioned, um, you know, they're really reforming the space. And I think suppliers really have to focus on the service that they deliver and actively collect intelligence and provide consultancy services to clients. Um, so, Blas, making this information available and ensuring that there is communication and consistency and there is information across all areas of the supply chain, I mean, that's surely got to come with quite a big investment. So, you know, what is the business case here? What is the size of the investment? Is that something that you think companies are overlooking? Um, do you think that brands still, regardless, have to insist on it, no matter how much you know the kind of revenue they have to spend on it? You know, it is so important. What are your thoughts there? Well, the issue is if, if you're a pharma company and you're trying to develop a certain type of product, and you're going to do it just for yourself in a certain specific territory, it's going to cost yeah. you probably too much, and you're, you're just going to say thank you, but no thank you. Uh, because if you're a pharma company, you're starting to develop product for yourself. You see. You get a good market research from your marketing team and you say, okay, there's, a, there's an XY product that they would like to launch and then they go into the supply chain and say, okay, 
A, we can develop this product. This will take us, let's say, 18 months minimum. We'll develop the product. We'll put it in through the basic stability. We're still not really sure if it will work or not. Uh, within that 18 months, we go back through all the, you know, seven to 10 uh, approvals we need internally to finally launch the product. It, it gets to be put, actually, so it lands on the shelf when in 24 to 36 months from getting the information from the marketing. At that point, is that product still interesting for the market? You know, you know, and this is this is the big challenge is that the the players who want to do it the right way are faced with. So they are more and more looking into okay, what's the the business model which can survive this cost? And this is basically uh, where we see a couple of companies uh, stepping up front, just developing products with uh, with intention to actually market them across different territories, across even different continents and this way leverage on the on the cost and uh, make products available yeah. with uh, with what actually pharma industry is is uh, actually very much uh, suitable and it's uh, it's been done before and it's something that comes naturally to them and it's basically in licensing products so yeah. we see a lot of that is that pharma companies do come with an insight and say okay I'm not interested in developing because I know it will be a pain to do it through my quality through my new product development through my whole process inside the company, but can, is there an offering out there which suits my quality criteria and is available uh, for me in order to in-license and uh, so that actually these companies can then focus on what they're best at and this B2C market, so educating yeah. the clients, either mm-hmm. the consumers or, or the through the medical detailing doctor community, uh, whatever their specific business model is. Oh, it's getting so competitive, Laz, I think. Um, providing that intact information surrounding the product really does enable brand owners to function more efficiently and also gives consumers that full natural potential and added value of the product. So I think it's still um, yeah, something that, that businesses really need to insist upon. Um, Blaz, thanks so much for chatting to us about that topic. Before I let you go, um, you were at Supply Side last week. What for you was like sort of the main highlight or the main takeaway that you noticed during the show? Uh, well, supply side actually, uh, uh, unlike the the Vita food show in Europe, is is growing more and more into let's say uh, food, functional food, beverages. Uh, you know the the growth also that you see in the U.S. market of the functional foods and beverage sector is completely different and off with the trends in Europe. So of yeah. course, also the the offerings there are completely different. The focus uh, on the trends, sustainability, traceability. I mean, it's just uh, the trends that, okay, uh, are these real trends? Are they actually, you know, enacted in real life or is this just yeah. you know, uh, good marketing? It's a question. I don't know. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't like to be the judge of it. Uh, but, yeah, we are seeing uh, that the U.S. market is specific. It's a big market. It's, it's, of course, it's by far the biggest market in the world, although yeah. China slowly is starting to catch up. But more and more uh, U.S. focused. Uh, not not so much effort actually being done for for uh, the supply chain being uh, able to support their export activities and uh, we who are more active on the European and, and let's say Asian side of the business we see that this is becoming more and more an issue because the the regulatory requirements that we see in Europe and in Asia are much more let's say demanding or or diverse than than U.S., which is a single market. So yeah, of course, yeah. The suppliers are are looking for where they can they can make their business as profitable as possible. And this is currently for them the U.S. market.
Well, thanks for, for sharing your takeaways, and I agree with you. I think Europe um, really does pose quite complex regulatory layers, and it differs from country to country. And yeah, really good to see companies being a bit more proactive in sustainability, and we can definitely save um, sustainability versus marketing for another time. Uh, but Blas, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. It's always a pleasure having you here to talk about the really key issues spanning the supply chain. Thank you as well.